Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time, this is Maritime Radio Greenwich. Page was presenting this show, it'd be over in five minutes time, luckily I am, we've got a very special day to talk about from Bolton yesterday, welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, coming to you live here from the Valley here on Maritime Radio, my name is is Louis Mendes joining me in the studio here at the Valley, the very first lady of Charlton Athletics, Sue Gallup. How are you doing? All right, Louis, thank yeah, you. Still living on a high after, after yesterday's result? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm still a bit in shock, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. Uh, join the pair of us, Louis Cat. How are you doing, Louis? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Are you also on a high after? I am, actually, yeah. Sure. What, what a result. Yeah, still in shock as well? Or? Uh, a bit, actually. When I saw it went down to 10 men, I was, I was worried. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it felt like it was going to be a, a long and traumatic afternoon in the Northwest, as most afternoons in the Northwest, of course, are. But uh, yesterday <laughs> we turned it around. We came back from seemingly the dead to uh, win by two goals to one at Bolton with just 10 men. A, a superb performance. I don't, I don't think I can over 
Uh, I don't think I can exaggerate how well we played yesterday, how good we were in the first half on the counter-attack and how well we defended in that second half to uh, to earn that three points. And I, I really can't wait to, to talk to you guys about that game. It's a superb result. Uh, we're going to hear the highlights from that in a few moments' time. Of course, we're going to hear from the man, Carl Robinson, uh, and our debutant yesterday got two debuts on his debut, on his uh, two assists on his debut. That's what you get. Uh, he's so good, he could have two debuts on his <laughs> debut. Jake Forster-Kasky got a... Uh, Two assists yesterday. We're going to hear from Jake Forsakaski as well. Uh, then in the second, if you want to hear from you guys, your thoughts on the game, the manager, the signings, anything you want to talk about, you can email the studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. You can go onto the Charlton Live forum and uh, make your feelings known on there, on our thread on there. Uh, in the second half of the show, uh, because yesterday, of course, we went down to 10 men uh, and, and gained a, a really good victory away at uh, Bolton, who, of course, third in the league as well, don't forget. Uh, we want to remember other times we've gone down to 10 men, maybe 9 men, maybe 8 men that I don't know about, and, and we've got great results. So if you've got a favourite memory of a, a win where we've had depleted numbers, let us know. Uh, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. I'll tweet us at charltonlive. And also, when I was in the car home yesterday... Um, this is the way I my my brain works. Uh, <laughs> uh, Greg Stubbley decided to mention that he felt that Jake Forster Cassie had a small head, which therefore I therefore took to Twitter, thinking, oh, I wonder if anyone else thinks anyone's got a small or a large head, an abnormally sized head. Uh, so I put it out, and we had a few suggestions flying in, including one from Johnny Jackson, the Charlton Athletic captain. Uh, so I thought, since since everyone had an opinion on that, I thought maybe we should run that as a uh, as a feature on tonight's show. So if you have got a thought below with an abnormally sized head, tweet them in at Charlton Live, email studio at Charlton Live. We can talk about it. If you tweet them in, tweet them in with a photo as well, as well as a sort of proof as, of head size, which is uh, obviously all important for this <laughs> for this for this feature. Uh, right, yesterday. Um, Sue, we, you weren't there yesterday, but just briefly before we play the highlights, I mean, how were you feeling when that final whistle went? Or, or, or perhaps um, at the start of the second half when we well, saw 45 yeah, minutes I away? I was, um, I can't even remember where I was now. I was indoors and I had it on Twitter and then uh, someone messaged me, a page has been sent off and I thought, oh, we're, we're going to get hammered here. Because we, like, whenever I've said to um, Louis earlier, I was like, I don't go to Bolton because we always lose when I go. And I just thought, are oh, we in for another hammer in there? And then, um, yeah, then obviously the inevitable, they're sc- them scoring pretty much. Well, it was straight away. It was, it was the same free kick, kick, yeah. And, um, and I thought, oh, that's the boys. I don't know. I, I feel bad. I feel guilty now for thinking that they weren't going to get anything. Because <laughs> before the game, I thought we might actually get a draw out of it. And um, and then when that, yeah, that final whistle, like, it was, I, I think I retweeted someone's, Retweet that had, had said like I won't say the the naughty word in the middle of it, but I've never refreshed my Twitter feed so many times yeah. in a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, but weirdly, I mean, the, the forty five minutes after half time, Lewis. When, when you, I guess when you're not there, I wonder if it feels worse or not. Because when when we were there, to be honest, up until injury time, I actually felt pretty comfortable. Then in injury time, there was the world's longest goal-mouth scramble that we just couldn't get rid of. But I mean, were you sitting there with a minute sort of dragging on when you were watching? Yeah, I'll tell you what, from from not being there, I was watching my brother play local uh, village football and I, like Sue was saying, I've never refreshed my Twitter that much <laughs> in my life. Um, but what a relief. And obviously, it's nice for the guys that have gone all the way down there, uh, up there, should I say. Because uh, we went down to 10 men, I, I thought it was going to be a really long day for all of you. So I'm glad that uh, the boys brought home the result. Excellent stuff. Well, the boys did bring home the result. And let's listen to our boys, uh, Terry and Greg, describing exactly how that went. These fantastic commentary highlights. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you're all looking forward to listening back to this. A really special day uh, in in, uh, in Charlton's uh, season. 
looking for support. One inside by Tony Watt, who just oh, allowed the ball to run. But uh, it's a heavy touch from Spearing, and uh, Berners nipped in, gets it back to that. Forster Cass giving a shot, and it needed the save from Ormick, heading to the left hand corner. Burn in the centre circle, goes right to Bauer. Bauer striding forward, ball up towards Tony Watt, tries to release uh, the run of Joe Rebo. Who's uh, putting pressure on Beaver, and then uh, on Ormick, who rushes his clearance but gets good distance on it. And then Bauer misses out on the jump, and. Uh, Bolton in and Vela's taken out by Page and this could be trouble. I think Page could be in real trouble here. And he's off. And it all came from the misheader from Bauer. Bauer and Konza just talking now and Page had to try and deal with it as Vela was getting to the edge of the penalty area. He took him out. Had to be a free kick and therefore had to be a sending off. Oh, I feel for Lewis Page in this situation. It's absolutely dreadful defending. Absolutely dreadful defending from Patrick Bauer. In that situation, if if Consa's going to win the knock-on, you follow the run. You follow the run of the defender, or follow the run of the striker. On that occasion, he's just jumped up. He's jumped up on the back of Ezri Consa. The ball's gone over the top of them, on top of both of them. Page has come across and he's just not won the ball. The striker's got there first. He was the last man. Bauer was coming back, but he was the last man. And I don't think you can make a case, there's a new rule in the summer, you can make a case for if you deliberately try to get the ball and you mistime it and then you get yellow card in that circumstance. I don't blame the referee for sending him off, but Charlton down to 10 men and it's a free kick opportunity for Bolton. Which they're about to take now. It's a right footer. Trying to see who it is. He's taking it towards the top right-hand corner. It's gone in. It's that Clough. And it's Clough with a goal. On 12 minutes, Charlton a 1-0 down and paid the ultimate penalty it's a lovely free kick from Clough it was a nice position for him he's hit it perfectly over the wall into the corner Tickland Rudd didn't have much chance of that and Charlton have to come from a goal behind with 10 men this could be a very long afternoon indeed for Charlton the most frustrating thing as well so I actually thought we were the better of the two teams in the first 12 minutes after a nervy start Charlton have a free kick about um, five yards outside the Left-hand side, not quite the edge of the penalty area. It's um, it's about uh, five yards Doesn't parallel to the edge of the D on the left-hand side. But it's uh, I don't think this will be a shot, however. Looks like uh, Foster Kasky is going to chip this ball in as Bauer's gone forward. In it comes with his left foot and it's looking for Bauer. He gets his head there and it's an equaliser. Charlton have come back on level terms. Patrick Bauer, who probably, you've got to say, was at fault for the... Way Bolton took the lead has now got Charlton back on level terms. It's a lovely ball in from Forster Kasky and credit to Patrick Bauer. He's, he's made a few mistakes at the start of this game. He probably got Lewis Page sent off, but that's a good header. He got in there first. I talked about dominating the ball. He dominated the ball on that occasion. I actually talked about set pieces before the game and how Bolton are probably more dominant in that circumstance, but certainly not on this occasion. Patrick Bauer at the far post managing to come in and nod it behind, nod it in the net, should I say, for Charlton. Taylor inside to Spearing, it's not the greatest the ball, Spearing does manage to find Fawn though, good touch from Fawn, take the ball past Forstakowski, takes it past Crofts and left hand side is Vela, one more is Clough, Clough crosses an opportunity, comes off oh, the first, solid yeah, off the yeah. post, oh, hit the near post, Fawn inside to Henry, Henry backing to Fawn who goes left to Clough, Clough inside of Solly, finds Spearing, closed down by okay. Chickson and it comes left, Comes right to Wheater, crossing opportunity, and Solly manages to get there.
there first. Now Charlton will look to break for Fosakowski, who's nutmegged fourth and can bring it forward for Charlton. Wheaters coming back, but Fosakowski still has it. Has options left and right. Finds Nathan Byrne on the right side. Nathan Byrne! No, it's one Charlton! Ooh. Nathan Byrne converts after a great run from Jake Fosakowski. He took it past three Bolton players. Release Nathan Byrne who finishes for his first Charlton goal as Charlton, 10 men Charlton, going 2-1 at half-time. Oh, that's superb work from Forster Kasky. And it actually all came because Jay Spearing went down on the edge of the penalty looking for a free kick, never a free kick in a million years, and instead of getting up, he stayed down pretending he was injured. Uh, and the instant break, the ball for a good clearance from... Well, an important clearance from Chris Solly, found uh, Forster Kasky if... If uh, Spearing hadn't have been feigning injury, he'd have been able to cut that out because that's the position he would have been in. Forster Kasky did magnificently well. You just thought twice he was going to lose the ball. He managed to ride both tackles, and then Nathan Byrne tanking away on his right hand side got the ball. All he had to say, all he had to do was beat uh, beat Ben Ormick, but it was still a great finish to put Cholton two one up. And I said I thought we were edging this, and there's the proof taken over by Spearing. He goes left to Taylor. Taylor up against. Uh, Aribo's on this side and it's in the clough it takes a shot but uh, very speculative and straight at the diving Declan Rudd has to come back to Vela Vela chips it into the penalty area Solly trying to jump doesn't get there Clayton does drops to Medine shot straight at uh, Declan Rudd could have gone either side and that might have been the equaliser as it was straight down Charlton's number one throw Vela will pick it up however for Bolton gets it out to Wilson on this right hand side he's just going to launch it towards the Charlton penalty area and it comes Bow will jump gets his header there as well Ricky Holmes needs to clear this away and does well straight up in the air though Bow will need to header again he does Crofts is there comes back into the six yard box cleared away by Novak back there helping out Taylor knocks it back into the penalty area it's bouncing around Medine's there and it's goes to the floor ball back into the penalty area Novak's trying to head it clear it's chaos here at the Macron as the ball comes out to Taylor Taylor back inside to Medina who's come across for the shot takes the shot straight at Declan Rudd <laughs> Novak will challenge with Wieter but both miss out and it'll go out of play for a, Charlton, uh, for a Bolton throw deep in their own half Bolton throw it into Wieter and that's the final whistle Charlton quite incredibly down to 10 men a goal down have turned it round pulled it out of the fire a superb victory so there you go the highlights of yesterday's fantastic win up at the uh, the Macron Stadium and I'll put it in I'll put it in right at the end there the uh, the goalmouth scramble the never ending goalmouth scramble just so you could hear Stubby at the end go Phew, because that, that's exactly how it felt like but apart from that we felt so so comfortable in that second half and, and the, the character that you need to show having gone a goal uh, like down to 10 men and a goal down immediately uh, after just 10 minutes going to um Going to a, a team that's third in the league, a team that's you know on a, on a decent run of form, uh, the, the sort of character you're showing that it, it was it was just superb. Yeah, I I thought they um, just the result as a whole. I don't think I've been that excited from when I was not at a game. <laughs> I was absolutely going for it. Um, I, I'm more happy for the people that go up there. To be mm. honest, the people that have made that early coach trip, and you can imagine how they would have been feeling when we went down to 10 men after such a short space of time so for for the team to pull out a performance like that it really speaks volumes I'm sure all the fans are mega proud yeah. it, was, it was interesting really that some of the things in the starting line because on the way up we were sort of discussing how we thought it was going to be I, mean, I, I said during the week that I thought what was going to start uh, then others suggested well Novak's come back and I personally thought because of his fitness I said it'd be Watt or a Jose I'm slightly surprised in the end that what started when I was told that Novak was fit enough for the for the bench, but um, 
him in particular, I was well impressed with him. He's one who hasn't had too many mentions because obviously he didn't score the goal, but he's, he's running away with the ball, especially in that second half. The first 15 minutes of the second half where he had to be an outlet, he was causing Bolton all sorts of trouble. And where they were trying to push us back, every time Watt got the ball, he was running with it and, and they had to concentrate on defending again. Yeah, I, I was, as I said, I was following it on Twitter and everything was about Watt. All, all the tweets was what was doing this, what was doing that. So it was just, it's so good to see him playing at, at the potential like, that we we saw before. But like obviously now it's coming. It's, I don't know what Robbo's doing with him, but it's obviously working. Mm. Uh, interesting at the back. I mean, we knew Patrick Bauer started training again on Thursday. Um, so I mean, even then, the talk was still we expect Roger Johnson to go and play. Now the fact that he wasn't even on the bench. Seems to say seems to say a lot, doesn't it? And I've heard him link with Gillingham, oh. uh, Roger Johnson, which will be quite interesting over the next few days, whether that can go through or not. Um, also, uh, but ahead of him, so Anthony Duke Steele uh, was ahead of him. So uh, just probably really? Anthony Duke Steele. He's a, def- um, a midfielder slash defender who plays for the 23s. Uh, he's oh, Dutch. Yeah, he was on the bench. Yeah, no, he's, he's been in our, our youth team for about a year, I'd say. Oh, okay. Uh, he was on the bench ahead of him. I asked Carl about it. You hear later on in the um, in the uh, interview that he's he's a bit of a prospect. But um, in, yeah, so the fact that he was put on ahead of Roger Johnson seems to say a lot to me. Yeah, I think I think we've said it a while ago when the whole incident happened. Um, I think it it would be better for everybody, including him. I think he needs a he needs a fresh start. If he ever comes on that pitch again for Charlton, he's just not, the fans will never forgive him, and it, it just it's sad because mm. I'm, I, again I didn't condone it at the time, and I still don't. But I think they're never gonna forget what happened, and he'll never be able to he'll never be forgiven for it. So it's it's just best that he goes somewhere else. Yeah, we've seen we've seen what happens when when he has come on at MK Dons in the in the league, and he gets all got booed by his own fans as well. Um, right, so so the game starts. Lewis Page, got to feel sorry for him. So he's, he's, <laughs> his first two Charlton games now, he's got injured after twenty seven minutes and sent off after eleven. Um, but but I mean, and again, Carl was saying it's this one. He, he's trying to make up ground for what was a, a big mistake from mm. Patrick Bow, and that mm. Bow has gone for a header, completely missed it. Mm. Um, apparently, I think Konza was sort of going for it at the same time, so really Bauer should have been peeling off. Mm. I remember watching one in the second half and watching him actually doing the peeling off, thinking well, at least he's learnt his lesson here. Mm. But um, well, I, I, I've said a few times, I think on this show, but I've certainly said it to friends, I, I, I still just, I, I just have a question mark over Patrick Brower, perhaps his decision making slash positional sense every now and then. So, whereas this, you know, I do think generally he's quite good in the air and generally he's, he's just got a bit of a clang and ring in him and unfortunately for Lewis Page mm. this one's cost him a red card and it's, it's a certain red card once once Zach, uh, once uh, Josh Bell is bearing down a goal but it just you must feel if you are Patrick Bale you're probably feeling quite bad that you got your mates off there yeah I, th- I think um, like a lot of people tweeted Page after the game because he sort of tweeted about it and it was effectively he's took one for the team there, wasn't he? Because mm. if if they'd got, I mean, the, the resulting free kick was <laughs> anyway, ironic, like one of them <laughs> scored anyway. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Pat. I'd, I'd have him in, in my starting lineup every game. Mm. Um, and I, I, but I've sort of just said off air. I think he's um, he's jumping now. Doesn't seem to be as strong mm. as it was before. He's 
Start okay. getting these little yeah. nibbly injuries. Especially because he has just come back from an injury. There mm. all, is always that danger early on in the game. I guess you're going to be slightly slightly rusty, I guess. And that's why perhaps I was slightly... I mean, obviously we don't see him in training, yeah. uh, so we don't know how fit he was feeling. But I was ever so slightly surprised to see him come straight back in having only started on Thursday. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised that he came in. But I'm obviously relieved because I, I think he's a, good, he's a good player. He's got a lot of... Um, I, I just think he's a good player. But like you say, he's... Um, Positionally, is a little bit skew with sometimes. We've seen it a couple of times this season where. Well, no, no, I mean, often it's, often it's resulted in him getting sent off, like away at Brad, yeah. you know, away at Brighton last season. It's happened. I think he's been sent off two or three times. Yeah, us, exactly. And that's, a couple of that's things. That's a but, but Lewis Page, he did all right. He made up some ground, didn't he? he nearly got there. <laughs> yeah. He almost got there. Yeah. So it's such a shame, really, because I mean, when the, the signings we made during during the window, we looked at Nathan Byrne, who, who scored a great goal mm. yesterday. But obviously, Jake Forsykowski made that for him. Uh, but you know, you know, Byrne's done the business in League One before. Whereas Lewis Page is a player. I think he's had some loan time, possibly in League One or League Two. I think from West Ham. But other than that. He hasn't actually done. A, he hasn't. We haven't seen yeah. too. And, and this is his chance mm. now because you know when you move away from permanently from a club, that's you, your chance now. Really, sort of take your plan to become a professional footballer properly. Mm. And he hasn't had the chance to do it yet because he's got injured after 27 minutes and, and sent off after 11. But that you know, once he can finally get kick, kick side, it will be interesting to see what sort of player he is, especially considering he's replacing, in my opinion, a reasonably solid left back in Morgan Fox. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think uh, for all Morgan's critics, it's still quite big boots to, to fill, in my opinion. And um, he's still... Well, how old is he? He's only 20... Age, I think he's 22, 23, 22, maybe. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a big sort of learning curve for him in this league. Cause he know, like even playing at West Ham, I think, didn't he play in a couple of the cup games or something? Yeah, a couple of cup games. So um, it's, it's such a big difference playing in League One it's, it's, we always describe it as a more physical, difficult league to play in So, um, but I've, I've got every confidence in him I think I really uh, trust Carl's um, judgement on players um, and I don't think he would have bought him in unless he thought he was capable mm, Yeah, I, mean, we'll, we'll, I think uh, later on in the show we can talk about the sort of business we have done and, and what we might still hope to do in January because I think in terms of incomings, I think we've done pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's just a case of whether it's enough, which is always the question. With, with under, under Du Chatelet, it's always whether the squad's large mm-hmm. enough and and that sort of thing. And it'd be interesting to see whether he's willing to sort of take the gamble now. With you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about the, the numbers when it comes to the playoffs. And it's, it's still unlikely, but it's. I'll, I'll tell you why. It's even though I think it's unlikely, I'll tell you why it's not completely impossible later mm-hmm. on in the show because I've done some oh, maths. I've okay. done some maths. <laughs> Uh, which is important. Now, obviously, um, Zach Clough's stepped up, and that, that, that was a glorious free kick into into the into the corner. A beat, uh, I think Rudd had absolutely no chance there. But then, of course, it's how you react. And then, I think we were shell shocked for about five minutes. Laurie Wilson was getting a couple of crosses in. It was nice to see Laurie playing again mm-hmm. yesterday. Got a couple of decent crosses into the box. There's one that went towards the far post that was headed back across by uh, uh, Taylor, I think it was, into into the path of Clough, eight yards out, and he misses his volley, like puts it over the bar, and now if he scores that. 15 minutes in, it's 2 and it's game mm-hmm. over. But we survived that scare, and then Tony Watt doing the running down the other end, wins a free kick. Set pieces, when you've got set pieces, you've got, got to make the most of it, mm-hmm. and Patrick Bowers sort of uh, made amends, really, for his mistake with that header. Yeah, he did. I mean, it looked like a bit of a goalkeeping clang off yeah, the area, didn't it? Out, he, didn't yeah, he, he came out of it. Was that Bananic, wasn't it? He yeah. scored for us, yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of a clanger. But yeah, it's fair play. I'm, I'm sure Patrick was happy to uh, redeem for his mistake. 
mm. um, early on um, and it's nice to have Force Cassidy because he's obviously a good deliverer of the ball and then you've got that option with Aribo as well so we've finally yeah. got people who can take set pieces which is nice <laughs> yeah because funnily enough for all, for all these talent he had Lookman did struggle with his set oh, pieces and we seem to be slightly over reliant on him at times yeah. set pieces um, so once, once you've got your foothold in the game then it's interesting you know you've got 10 men so you know you're going to be under pressure but the pace we have in Forster Kasky in Bern, we had a lot, of, a lot of chances perhaps to to try and break. And you know, we, I think we saw one cross from from Bolton that Solly deflected onto his own post, and then a, a yeah. long shot from Jay Spear. And it showed really that as and when they were trying to get down the side, we were getting blocks onto crosses, putting out for corners and stuff. Apart from this one that Solly nearly chucked into the top corner but hit the post. And long shot from Spear. And other than that, they, they weren't really creating any chances. And, that, and that's when you, you're looking at the, the two sides of the game that you need to have as, as a football team, especially when you're away from home. You need to be solid, and also you need to be counter-attacking when, when you get your chances. But the, the, being solid at the back, two banks of four, we were doing that really well yesterday, and that's good to see. And you know, Obviously, that's something we didn't have last season. It's something that uh, Russell probably brought back in, into the club this year, but it's good to see that Carl seems to have... Um, you know, tactically, in terms of having to do that sort of stuff, he's, he's managed to keep that going. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, always like you say with the pace of, of Burn and Forster Kasky, I think with those sort of hounding on a on a defence made up of people like David Wheater, who probably not blessed with pace, uh, probably had Bolton a little bit rattled, um, but and, and with Tony Watt there as well. So, I think we we're always going to be dangerous on the counter. It's just like like you say, knowing how to how to use yeah. the counter attack to your, the best your ability when you're down to ten men. And obviously, Carl Robinson talks about playing with pace on the counter, and, when, and when you see that second goal. I mean, Jake Forster Kasky's ran; it, it runs pretty much from the edge of our box. And I think he had to beat two players with the ball. Mm. Um, but then, I mean, so, so you've, when, when you've got one player who's making that like excellent run with the ball, all you need is just another one who can keep up, with him. keep up with him. Yeah. And Nathan Byrne is known for his pace, and he was able to keep stride for stride. Having obviously Forster Kasky had a bit of a head start on him mm. for him to keep up and and to be able to finish after a long busting run that, that length of the pitch it that really was an excellent counter attacking goal yeah it really was it was a great finish as well I'm not too sure about the celebration but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, yeah it was for anyone else I only saw I only noticed the celebration on the video today but you've got to talk us through it because that was yeah was I, I, <laughs> I'd love Nathan Burns to tell us what he was doing it was but. some sort of dance it's, it's a bit like the Daniel Sturridge dance but the arms weren't as yeah. Yeah. There was no, there was no yeah. arms. It was all, all, to all toes, now. all toes. <laughs> but fair, but we can let him off because he did score a good goal. Yeah. And uh, so then we're going in, we're going in two one up, and you're thinking, right, partner bus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a long old second half. Here. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I honestly, I was looking back at my tweets and my notes um, today when I was trying to write up something because. Chances, I, I didn't see any chances for Bolton. My, if anything, we were blocking the crosses again. Those two banks of four, they were having to go down the side. Anything that tried to come through the middle, we were dealing with it. When they were going down the side, we, the amount of times I saw Solly block for a corner. And every time that corner came in, Declan Roberts, I'm having that. <laughs> every single time. I think they've like we, we do, historically always struggle to defend set pieces, haven't we? And I, I don't know who's doing the work the the sort of coaching on on the defensive side of things but it's certainly improved um more recently and i think as well just just going back to going down to 10 men whether somehow it goes in your favor that the other team then kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit and think oh like we'll just like run this one out because they're gonna run out of steam at some point but Psychologically, then they're not able to to up their game. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. I don't know because obviously I wasn't there, but it just sounds like Bolton weren't really in it. They, they just felt 
Bolton were just so one-dimensional. I think we had a, we've got plenty of tweets that are coming in, but there was, there was one from Freddie earlier where he, he sort of said something along the lines of he felt that he felt that Bolton were uh, rather abysmal. He said they've lost two or three consecutively before we went there, but they're rather abysmal. We were excellent, and just just watching it, they were so one-dimensional and. and they weren't really stretching us until, I mean, you see in the last five or ten minutes, they had a couple of shots on the edge of the box, which would snatch that. They were poor. They were easy for Declan Rudd. And other than that, like I say, until that injury time, horrible, horrible, like gold <laughs> scramble that went on for about 20 minutes. We were fine. I mean, um, in, and like, like I sort of said earlier, in terms of when you are defending as, as those two banks are for, especially when you're down to 10, you need the, the guy up top, you need him to be an outlet. And, you know, he did it in the first half. And in the second half, Tony Watt, every time he got the ball, he just ran with the ball. And he kept running. He kept running. He was superb from Tony Watt. Now, but, but he's fitness, obviously, he came off after an hour. He's still mm. trying to come back to some sort of full level and match fitness. So when, when Novak came on, I felt we lost in terms of running away with the ball. But Novak was holding up a bit better. But it, it, we did sort of lose a bit of an outlet there, which we didn't perhaps gain until, until Ricky Holmes came on with 10 minutes left to go. But, you know, Novak, Novak coming back from injury is going to be an important thing for us, especially, you know, in terms of McGuinness being out in, being out himself mm. now for probably another mm. week or so, um, Novak's going to probably you think he's more likely, excuse me, to be the the player who's going to start up front when it, when he's ready when he's fit. Mm. I think as well it's like you just saying that it just reminds you that Josh wasn't playing yesterday, and it just I start to feel quite excited about the the games to come now because we have got other players to come back from injury. And like you say, with Tony still coming back to fitness, it's like when when we've got a, a full, full like match fit squad, I think we're just gonna. I I, I still am not writing off playoffs. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's gonna be difficult. But I've got I've got some. Like I say, I've done I've done some maths <laughs> for you, so you don't have to. <laughs> and uh, so we can talk about that, right? Um, so like I say, we, we we got late into that game, and that final whistle goes after you know a couple of couple of shots from the edge of the box that weren't really testing us. Uh, and I mean, a, a superb result, and uh, it was great to see. Um, I put a video up on Twitter yesterday, all the fans yeah. and, and the players sort of celebrating as one, you know. And uh, there's tweets coming out of the away end. So there's, there's a good one from Kyle. Again, you'd have to sort of clean it up a bit, but he basically said, you know, all the tough times you, do, you go through watching a football team, this is why you do it for days like this. And mm. that was exactly it. I mean, all of us who were out there were just so delighted. Mm. You know, the whole journey home, we just had smiles on our faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was such a Charlton win, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Such a Charlton win. Never, never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's probably a fair way of describing mm. it. Actually, Charlton win the view. You have to you have to battle for them sometimes and show a bit of quality as well, which is something perhaps we, we've been lacking over the last few years. But it's great to great to have seen it. Right, um, we've got plenty of tweets and emails coming in. Um, we'll come to those after we hear from Carl Robinson. I notice this one uh, trying to explain to me. Apparently, the Belgian twenty have been out in Belgium again this weekend. So, if anyone knows any more, because all I can see is a bowl of mussels at the moment. If anyone knows any more <laughs> about what they've been up to, let me know. Uh, we're also asking for your favourite memories of games where we've been down, uh, you know, depleted numbers, ten men, nine men, whatever, and and still got a result. Tell us your favourite memories of those. And in the second half of the show, we also uh, want to know footballers with abnormally sized heads. <laughs> Because uh, we got, I got into a conversation yesterday uh, where we decided that Jake Forster-Kasky has a slightly small head. Uh, put it out on Twitter to see if there was any any uh, distance in this one. And then Jacko joined in and said that Josh McGuinness has a big head, uh, arguably the biggest head in football, or some, something along those lines. So let us know if you think you know a player with a uh, abnormally sized head. Right, uh, Carl Robinson, uh, obviously delighted. He was... Um, before the microphones went on yesterday, he he let us know in uh, no uncertain terms about it. he was quite tired uh, <laughs> after yesterday's game. So you can see why uh, why um, uh, Terry led with this question. He also told us just before the mics went on that he was uh, he said oh yeah, he, was, he was telling the uh, 
the media teams is to look out on Twitter tomorrow that the players aren't misbehaving because he's paid for them all to go down the darts. Mm-hmm. And so I put I didn't know what darts was on yesterday, but I got to, I got tweeted. Apparently the darts is one at the Stadium MK. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so apparently oh, the players must have got mates rates or something. Yeah. Well, so he said he told us he paid for it, and then uh, then when when we found out it was at Stadium MK, we thought he's definitely got that for free, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know. We'll see. Anyway, uh, like I say, he was knackered after yesterday's result, but he was delighted as well. Uh, so he, he spoke to us about the game. Talks uh, talks about. Uh, Duke Steele on the bench talks uh, t- uh, transfers as well with us but this is Carl Robinson after yesterday's 10 man win up at Bolton Wanderers Carl must be one of the more exhausting victories you've, uh, you've had to experience yeah yeah <laughs> they were excellent the players I thought they were um, before we start I want to know for Nathan our head groundsman um, he's worked tirelessly he was, he was so disappointed in the game being called off last week as we all were um, but he uh, he's worked his soccer off him and his team this victory started at the, the work ethic of the club and they, they've tried to give us a pitch to train on and you've seen today tactically we look very very good um, but it was a difficult one it was hard and after 12 minutes got even harder of course uh, it was a penalty it was a, sorry it was a penalty it wasn't a penalty it was definitely sending off um, and I thought it was unlucky for Lewis Page because he's actually he's been injured now in the first game been out for a few weeks and then he's been sent off again and it, it, in the first few minutes and I feel sorry for him because it wasn't even his man he did unbelievable to almost get there um, but other than that I don't think there's many chances created. I thought we were disciplined. Um, another point as well, our second oldest player was our goalkeeper at 26 years of age. And I think it showed you in the energy and the, and the legs that we had in the team. And that's the way I want my teams to play. I want them to play with energy and quality. Before the uh, sending off, before the goal, uh, the ultimate penalty for, for, for the sending off, of course, um, I thought we were edging it. I said, up to, I said to Richie, I went, I can't say exactly what I said, but you can imagine it, I just swear, where the two in it. I said, I thought we, we looked a very good team. We looked like we were trying to play, we had two or three shots, two shots, I think. We looked like we were trying to move the ball through the midfield, we, we played out really well. Um, but then we got hit with that sucker punch off, off, off the goal kick and then we, we switched off a little bit. But then it's all about regrouping, it's about reshuffling, and we moved that, uh, Joe Rewald to the left, played a little bit lopsided, but Nathan Nano without the right winger, so we almost went with the three still in there, but with the left winger, so we, at least we have some sort of outlet. Tony Watt worked the socks off um, about time. <laughs> no, he was, uh, he was excellent, Tony, and uh, he had a go at me for bringing him off, he said that he had 90 minutes left in him. So you've got not <laughs> so it was uh, but I think everyone to the man today deserves to stand up and take the blow it's because they were excellent. Uh, and team performance was superb of course, but Forster Kesky uh, won't do it, won't have a better debut than that, I suspect. He's a good player, he needs to be better. Don't be too easy on him because he's a talent. So that's not too carried away. If he performs that for the next five, six, seven, eight games, I'll let him off at one or two average ones. Um, I said to him before the game, he wasn't happy with me. I said, last time you were here, you were rubbish. And he was. He was poor. And uh, we got beat 3 1. And the first thing he said when he walked off, he went, I wasn't rubbish today, was I? <laughs> but he's a real talent. He really is. His quality, he's, I like left foot in the field players. You have this silkiness about him. You can see he can slow the game down, he can quicken it up. He's, uh, he's tenacious, he's aggressive. Um, so to, to get two assists from him and then the other new sign, and Nathan Byrne chipping him with a goal, it was important. Um, so it looks like we're. Uh, a lot of good work being done in January. I know I think people have gone out to be without like the Foxy and I don't want to look at them within this window and still to be performing the way we have. I think it's what it's seven points now in, in the three games in January. It's a tremendous return by the players and hopefully we can we can follow that up now with some home results. You must have expected to come under a lot of pressure in that second half, but you must be delighted with the way that, uh, that we handled it because yeah. it looked like the only thing that was going to let us down would be a mistake rather than... Yeah, or a referee decision. Exactly. Because when Esri Conza breaks out in 93rd minute and gets 
basically just jumped into and he and he somehow rides the tackle and he overruns it because he has to and he plays on. I thought there was a number of things uh, that I didn't think went for us again today. Um, whether I don't know what we've done as a club, but certainly seems the officials have certainly got it in for us at the moment. Um, even though we got the sending off right, I've got to give them that credit. Um, but this is a good side. Listen, Phil Park's an unbelievable job. This is the third in the league. I think with two games in hand, they won this and they would have won one of the two games in hand, they would have been sat second in the automatic place. We've come here with 10 men for 80 minutes and got a victory. Yeah, so, to me, that's improvement. Um, unbeaten now since it's a, it's a Peterborough or Mill or Peterborough game, so that's a long time ago. Um, but we've got to keep that run going, we've got to keep moving forward. Um, the, the draw now at home to Millwall looks a better draw. Um, and we can move on and we can, we've got probably another difficult test now at home next week against Fleetwood. They've seen a number of games unbeaten. We seem to be playing every team and they've got that little bit of momentum. That's part and parcel of being successful. Will you be uh, looking to, to recruit anybody? Possibly. Help, help po possibly. We do, need, we do need bodies. I think one or two may go out as well. Um, it's important that we, we get the right people in. I think you've seen, I want honest people. I want the right type of people. Um, the fans respect that. I think the fans like that. Um, and players who excite me. I like getting excited. Tracy and Vicky Holmes back. He'll start now next week. Um, obviously it's a natural one where Chicks will drop back to left back and, and Vicky will come in at left wing. So getting him back on the pitch, but then you start looking around and you who you're gonna have for the bench that can maybe change it in the wide area. So I do think we need a winger, um maybe a striker maybe or a striker who can play as a winger maybe, just to give us that little bit more threat. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. Carl, do you, do you think like results and performances <laughs> like today might help you persuade to the, the owner to maybe bring in a yeah, couple but, more players? Listen, the owners said I can. Yeah. So it's not like they've said no to me. Um, I just can't get my head around some of the figures that we've been we've been told about certain players. It's extortionate. It's wrong. Um, it's amazing how Charlton always have to pay top dollar, and everyone else seems to get away with a little bit of a discount. Um, that's not can't be the case. We have to we have we have to be seen as the same as the rest of the clubs. And uh, but it's got to be the right player. I can't just do a deal just for the sake of doing a deal. I have to do it to make this club better for the longevity of it. In an ideal world, we'd like to buy somebody that's ours, that's under 24 years of age, that can drive us forward. Um, not maybe an older player. We've got enough of them quality older players. I want to add to the group that can be here and give us tremendous longevity. And hopefully we can do that in forthcoming weeks. And talking of longevity, you're able to put uh, Duke, Duke Steele on, on the bench today. He's a, looks like a player, player for the future. He's a top player. Great kid. He worked really hard in training and I like that. Um, a little bit short, obviously Texas back now for next week as well, but I've got a big decision to make there. Um, but, as I say, for the young players of Sean Athletic, um, I think they've seen, I'll give you a chance if you're good enough. I won't maybe look elsewhere. Sometimes maybe answers, sometimes within. But it's harder to see that. Yeah, I think it's one of them ones where we look so far afield, there's more clarity in that. When actually, looking close to home, they've been grounded in the right way with Steve Avery and Jason Yule, and, and maybe they're the right way. Maybe that's the way forward, because it's... Uh, I was speaking to somebody the other day who's uh, a top, top academy director and he used to work in South East London and he felt it is the hottest property for young players. So maybe we need to look a little bit harder and closer to home. The fans who travelled a long way today have been delighted to see both sides of, of, of the game, the, the counter-attacking that, that we saw for the second goal in particular and the defensive, especially in the second half. They must, they, they'd be going well, over that. Hopefully the fans are proud of their team. Um, that's the most important thing. I always want people to be proud of their team. And, that's what I'm trying to give them. I'm trying to give them some pride back into their club and hopefully. <laughs> Cox throws it in towards the box, towards Pierce. Gets his head. That's a oh! goal! Penalty! Penalty! Again, another penalty for Charlton. 
and have a second chance to redeem themselves, the addicts. Heard protesting his, in the, uh, his innocence, but his hand was up and pierced his head. I cannot off Heard's arm. Can he maintain his composure as he steps up to strike this right-footed? He does. And yes! there is the goal! Down the bottom left-hand corner, and Charlton have played a get-out-of-jail-free card here, you've got to say, as Nicky Jose pulls Charlton back level. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. They got that deep, they all needed snorkels. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. That was Carl Robertson speaking to us after yesterday's uh, fantastic 10-man win up at Bolton Wanderers at the Macron uh, (coughs) Excuse me, Stadium. Uh, A couple of interesting things I thought come out of his... um, uh, of, of our little chat. <laughs> First of all, he, went, he decided to say that, um, that the referees ruled against us. I mean, but the red card was correct. Have you felt that? I mean, there was a couple of soft ones yesterday. We thought we might have had a free kick when we were trying to. There was one where we were, thinking we were pulling away and we might have had a free kick. But other than that, I, don't, I haven't really personally mm. haven't felt that being. Like, you know, obviously, the Millwall game was a different yeah, one. I but think yeah, that must be the one that's sticking in his memory a little yeah. bit at the moment. Probably still a little bit sour from that, which we all are, to be fair. Yeah. Terry is, that's certainly yeah. yeah, Terry definitely is. Yeah, he hasn't gotten over that one yet. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron! Also, obviously, we talked about signings. Um, that's the interesting one for me, because my question my question is, obviously, earlier on in the window, Carl's, asked, Carl's sort of saying, you know, uh, I've got to prove to the owner that, that I can I can bring in the right players and all this and that. So I, I was sort of saying, well, result like today might help him, because, you know, mm. he's, talking about, he's talking about over... Uh, overinflated prices. Mm. Now that's an interesting one for me because obviously we've got a lot of money that's just come in from uh, uh, from the Lookman sale. But obviously we're not really going to spend that because no. we, we all know we're not going to spend that. Mm. So so what so what constitutes an overinflated price to us? Is it is it you know uh, uh, Roland does have more a lot of money. Does he want to stick or twist at this point in the season with the playoffs sort of in reach, sort of not really in reach? Does, does he want to gamble it, spend six months' wages on a player when he might just save it till the summer and then go again? What, is that the way he thinks? I don't know. I don't think anyone knows the way he thinks today. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's, it's... I think other club. I can understand where Carl's coming from in the fact that it's been highly publicised that we got, like, what is it, 10, 11 million for Ade after mm. add-ons or whatever. And so other clubs, if we're trying to get in another player, they're going to go, well, they've got 11 million sitting in the bank. Mm. They can pay. And they probably... I mean, you look at the, the transfer fees that are going through at the moment. Yeah. Even the Premier like, League style. Premier, like yeah. £10 million pound for Bossy's face that went to West Ham. It's not grass. It's not, not grass. And Van Anhel to Palace for £14 million. Well, pounds, so. there's just some... just It's pathetic. It is pathetic. And I think that's where now... If if you get if the people like other clubs get a, a view that you've got a little bit of money, they'll just lump the prices up for mm. people that are probably quite average. Because I've heard um, I heard there was a bit of a to and fro about us trying to get Reeves from MK Dons with us putting in a low bid, mm. then coming back with a spec. Like we our, our bid it sounded it sounded like it was quite low, mm. and then the bid that they came back with saying you got to bid this was ridiculously high. So I, want, I do wonder if that's what Cole perhaps is referring to when it comes to mm. if he's if he is speaking about a specific player and he talks about the sort of player he wants to get and now this this I did like because something I've I've moaned about a lot over the last few years is that we, we we're so short termism like mm. managers in themselves obviously mm. but in terms of players like we, like in January's we'd get players we'd get five or six players that would be gone by the end of the season like players mm. would come and they don't last he's talking about getting a player who's 
you're less than 24 years old and we own instead of loan. He said he's ours, so we get him, we buy them instead of loan. So also we've got Burn on, on loan and we've got, uh, we've got one other on loan, De Silva on loan. But in terms of the more permanent stuff you can get, the more likely you are to build a team that, I mean, some, it probably will take more than one year to get up out of this league. So you mm. need to build a team that's played together, played together for a while. And I think personally, a loan deal like Burn has got the potential to be a permanent because Wigan wouldn't loan him out I don't think it, it's, he's capable of competing. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like he wasn't overly happy at Wigan from what I'm hearing sounds as well. Like, so. Yeah, so you look, you look at that one, you say, all right, it might be a loan deal to the end of the season, but actually, is it or is it got the potential to to turn into a permanent if he does all right? Um, but I, I'm a big fan of what what you're saying in terms of them being our players because we have had some good loan players over the years. But then you have to question their motivation and mm. and why why they come into us. And you have to give them back when, when then, you're trying to yeah, build so some you sort invest, of squad. Exactly. You invest in them and then they just go away and it's yeah. like they were never there in the first place. So it's it's. I mean, in I some cases, going forward, yeah. you need to have to get that true team spirit. They need to be a team in every sense of the word. Yeah. I mean, in some cases, of course, we are quite happy when some players go away. But <laughs> generally, <laughs> generally, we, we, we want to, like you say, build a team, build a, build a team spirit. And sometimes that takes more than six months. It mm. really does. Right, we've had plenty of tweets in. Bob Liscombe says, Can't wait for Pierce to return as both uh, Patrick Bauer and Tex are prone to the odd costly error. Patrick completely misjudged that long ball. Yes, he's also asking us about this. Uh, I've noticed there's a story going around on some Polish website, the football.london, the new... Uh, the new Football London website picked up so about us link, linked with uh, an Arsenal Arsenal player called Christian Bailik, I think it is. So, I mean, it's, it's, the report seems to be coming out of Poland, so I, can't, I personally can't say I'd heard of him before today, so I don't, I, I don't know. Polish yeah, could go, hopefully. Polish pink number two. John Pitcher says, uh, brilliant result, looks as if uh, Jake Forstakowski is going to be a quality and permanent fixture in, my, in our midfield. And obviously we have signed him on a permanent, and that was interesting because, you know, He's played. He's played at pretty much every level. England under twenty ones and down. You know, to the under nineteens, under eighteen. So the fact that we've actually got him now as a permanent is so. Is we, Brian might have been tempted to loan us to him, like like uh, they did to to Rotherham in the in the first mm-hmm. part of this season. If he is the sort of player that Carl wants, and the fact we've got him on a permanent now is, can only be seen as a positive. Yeah, I think it's a real statement to be honest. Because I remember a few years ago when we were playing Brighton, he he got the goal, and I remember a lot of people were sort of raving about him. I know it didn't. Quite Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Might work out for him towards the end and he got farmed out to Rotherham, but I mean, it's another chance for him to settle somewhere. Uh, Carl's worked with him before at MK and I think 
from well going by yesterday's performance where he, apparently he, he was fantastic hopefully there's a lot more of that in the locker and it'll be a really important permanent fixture in this side hmm. uh, Tim Jackson says there's a true Charlton display an emotional roller coaster. Jake Forster-Kasky is a baller second half felt <laughs> longer <laughs> felt longer uh, then both the coaches there and back and I wonder if uh, Tim there was, there was a free coaches just there club on so hopefully Tim was on one of those he says also the BFG was immense what ran his heart out every single player was brilliant so uh, good stuff there um, let's get a couple more uh, Charlton Exile says I was in a Spanish tapas bar in central London when a mate texted me the result yesterday I nearly choked on my espeles. Does anyone know Spanish food? Espeles. Espeles. Right, hopefully that was tasty yeah, for you, Chalnix. But yeah, we were all shocked when we saw that result. Um, Tim Jackson said the, the uh, Bauer made a mistake, but he didn't miss another ball all game. The whole team was immense second half. Uh, and reiterated that, that what ran his heart. Now, Pedro Rock says, are we rocketing up the league table? So we're back. We're up to 11th now. Um, and we were, we were nine points off the playoffs beforehand with the amount of teams in between us and the playoffs I, I, even if we won you say which we did you sort, sort of half expect for it to go nine to six mm. it's a bit of a shock because you're surprised that means no one in between us managed to pick up enough points to overtake whoever was in six so I was actually quite pleasantly surprised by that, that, that the fact that we have gone up a couple of places and the, is, the gap to playoffs has cut by three yeah, we had a we had a good set of results yesterday. To be honest, I think the, the main one being uh, MK beating Peterborough. But yeah, you look at it, six points. We were saying off air, we've we've got that game in hand that isn't really a game in hand. Mm. Scum thought, can we get a result at home against them? I'd like to think so. We did in the cup, but it's completely different. And then we, we've got a tough game with Fleetwood. I mean, it's, it is only it is only six points, isn't it? And if we mm. if we do win the game in hand, it's it's three. But yeah. Uh, who knows Hope, I'd like to think so it'd be, it'd be great it, it adds to the excitement of the season now yeah. people are going to have in the back of their mind that we can make the playoffs and it will add yeah. well, well, well let's talk about this playoff chance now because I, I was doing I was doing my maths this afternoon um, to try, try and work it out because Carl, Carl talked about a couple of weeks ago two points a game we did something on the Thursday show a couple of weeks ago where uh, Charlton found on Twitter called Ben Linden had done some maths he's looking at that two points a game um, it's, it's, it's quite difficult to get but that's probably what we need for the rest of the season. He looked at he looked at Barnsley last season from the position we were in, who went on and got something like two point fifteen, two point one five points a game for the rest of the season. And we we thought well, that's that's unlikely. So I looked at the I'm trying to see who who's done what this season because obviously season to season the league changes a bit. The quality of the league might change this and mm. that. Uh, over our, over our last five games, we're two point two points a game. We're unbeaten in five, one three, drawn two. So that's five games. Carl overall was something like one point. Is less than that. It's one point one point three, perhaps. I can't remember yeah, yeah. the maths earlier. So overall, he's not. But last five games, we're improving. Um, now, there's only two teams that have got two points a game throughout the entirety of this season, and that's Scunthorpe who are top. They've got two point one something, and well, Sheffield United got one point nine nine basically mm. points per game so far this season. So you're thinking over over the course of the twenty between twenty seven and twenty nine games, what everyone has paid, played so far this season, only two teams are done. So you're looking at them thinking, bloody hell, they're the they're the mm. two best teams in the league. I don't think we're going to be able to get these two points a game. But mm. then you need to remember, right? We need to get two points a game for the rest of this season, which is nineteen games. So you're looking at, well, I wonder if anyone's got two points a game over a shorter spell of time. So I, so I did the maths. Rochdale have done it. They've got over two points a game for 20 games they've done it mm. um, Bolton did it for the first 20 games so obviously Bolton are, we put them up nearer the top Rochdale are a team I'd say a bit like us in terms of expectations mm. well expectations at the start of the season but expectations since Rochdale mm. have done it and then you've got Fleetwood and you've got Southend who've both gone just under two points a game over a course of 20 games this season so if you're looking at a shorter window mm. 
it's possible. I'm not saying we're going to do it, but it's possible. And there's teams are sort of level and arguably lower who've done it. Yeah, mm. definitely. I, it's um, it would be great, wouldn't it? I'd I'd like to think that we can do it, um, but it's it's down to sound of the players, isn't it? If we can yeah. if we can start grafting, build off to today's well, yesterday's result will be a huge boost to everyone in that dressing room. So we can carry that momentum into Fleetwood, and then we've got a really busy February. Then who knows where we'll be come the end of February? And then, and that's that's why I sort of mentioned earlier talking about whether Roland wants to stick or twist, and whether he wants to pay an extortionate amount of money if that's what we're being quoted for, for something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you look at the fact that we've we've got these games left. We've got a squad now where Carl's signed like players, the likes of Forster, Kasky, and Byrne, who we saw link up so well on the counter attack. Pacey football. Remember, so when MK came and played her in the cup, they played like that. Mm. That's how Carl likes, likes to play. We saw that. But Carl did say he wants one or two more players. Now, is Roland... I remember when Bob Peters had a, the, the first 10 or 11 games when unbeaten, and the story going around... I found. I was looking at the story earlier today. I searched for mm. it. He was saying, if we're still in a shout of, of the playoffs in January, I reckon he said Roland will spend us some money. Obviously, we, we actually had a horrible sort of mid-part of the season. But I got to mm. January down near the bottom somewhere, so it didn't happen. Um... Now, with the stats I've just given you, it's a long shot, isn't it? So, yeah. do you stick or do you twist? And we know Ronan loves to spare his money as and where he can. So, does he want to spend? Say, we sign this player who's going to be a good player. You probably you do tend to pay over the odds in January ever anyway. That just mm. seems to be the way it goes. Panic for some reason. buying, isn't it? Yeah. So, do we sign the player? This, this is. I'm certain this is how Ronan would be thinking. He'd be thinking, well, I'm going to be paying six months. You might think, I don't think we'll get in the playoffs this season, so do I want to pay six months' worth of wages for someone I don't need till next year? I mm. think that's how he's going to think, and I think he's going to stick. Mm. But if he proves me wrong and twists and gives us that one or two extra bodies, yeah. then we might go on that run that, that Southend and that Fleetwood and that Rochdale have been on. And their team, when I say Southend, Fleetwood and Rochdale, they're not teams that you're thinking, oh, that, that's the Man United League, the league one, is it? They're mm. teams, nah, of course not. Yeah, they're teams yeah. that have done it, though. Mm. I think as well when when you've got a manager like Kyle, um, Carl, it's um, you've got someone there that can instill that belief in the players. They all seem to have bought into his mm. his his way of thinking, his way of how he wants them to play, um, and just his enthusiasm is infectious. So mm. I think it's just it he's very. What I've noticed about him is he he's very adaptable to what his players needs from him so some of them probably a bit like Paolo some of them might need a cuddle some of them might need a bit of a telling off and he seems to be able to do that which is is a job it's a, it's a thing in itself isn't it to be able to adapt your own because you, as we've seen with our managers they're very this is the way I am and if you don't like it tough he seems to be able to adapt himself to what his players need from him as a manager so and I I just I do I just feel really positive and excited about yeah. the future with him. Yeah, as long as he, I mean, obviously the person he has to persuade mm. once he's persuaded the players is Roland, and we'll, and we'll see how that goes. I mean, Carl did say yesterday when I asked him, he said he said Roland's green lighted it, mm. but obviously the Carl then goes on to talk about prices. Yeah. So if if he's green lighted us to sign a player for thirty pence, then obviously, but I mean, you know, yeah, like what's he green lighted? Yeah, yeah. What, what is he green lighted? And that's that's what we find out. And if and if I mean I, personally, I don't see why Carl why Carl should be that bothered about how much Roland pays for a player. If whoever wants, it's not his money. Yeah, if, if someone wants yeah. hundred grand more than what what that player's worth, obviously, obviously that's not really how you should do business. But if I was Carl Robinson and I saw a chance to sneak into the playoffs, I'd probably yeah. ask Roland to spend it. But on the other, the flip side of that you've got to think of what the impact would be on the rest of the squad because 
I I feel like he he wants everyone to be on a level. Yeah. And, and if you then go and spend stupid amount of money on a player and they're coming on stupid amount of wages, that might tip the balance somehow. And it, and it has happened in the past under other managers mm. where you start to get these little clicks because people go, oh, he's on more money than me or they paid more money for it for him and he's not as good as me and it all starts to affect the team bond and just the way they are with each other so I think that's partly why Carl would not want to spend over the odds for a player that's probably not worth the money that they're asking for Mm, excellent stuff right Uh, on that discussion we've just had Mike Tyson says kids will be sold again in the summer Loney's return to parent clubs have to start over all over again season uh, next season clubs going nowhere and that's why I mean, we're talking about Carl wanting to build up longevity you mentioned longevity in the interview yesterday but if we do end up selling I mean, obviously we sold Lookman and Fox this year if, if we end up selling Conza and Aribe next year then that'll be to be ruined anyway mm. uh, and I think uh, we, the other one we've got to remember is Holmes Dennis going to Huddersfield he's doing he's doing fantastically there and I, th- I think that's what's so exciting here is that where the young players are coming in through they know that they're going to get their chance if they're good enough they'll be in there and I think other than like if you get offered a big deal to go somewhere else I think Morgan's move was different in circumstance in that I think where he was the butt of the abuse for a lot of the fans mm. that that's done him the world of the good moving on Someone like Addy, we, I mean, we was we was unsure whether he'd be getting starting games up at Everton, but I think any other young player leaving for a big Premier League club have got to be mindful that they're probably not going to be playing mm. every week. Whereas playing here, they will be. Hmm, and that's something they've got to think about. Right, I've got mm. a couple of tweets from Dan Farmer to come to in a minute. A couple of tweets about the Belgian twenty, and, and another one about Carl. But this is from Lewis Wheeler. Little Fred tweets. He says, "No one in this league is brilliant. Some absolute freak results like the top of the league, Sheffield United losing four 0 at Walsall. No reason why we can't make a good run of it with the teams we've got to play after Fleetwood. After Fleetwood, most are in the bottom half." He then goes on to say that he agrees with Sue. Carl uh, Robinson had uh, uh, had a troubled Samir Karavas at MK. Now he seems to sort it out. Uh, what as well? So talk mm. about, when we talk about Tony White earlier, right? Dan tweeted in. Uh, he says, "Does George Teixeira come straight back in because Conza was excellent at the back?" So I hear. So that's quite interesting. Now, so next week we know that Page is off. Uh, Page can't play. So we know that Cole's uh, already said Chickson's going to go left back. Holmes is going to come into the middle. Mm. Now in the middle of the in, in the midfield. So who do we have? We have uh, Forrester Kasky playing next to Crofts, yeah. and that worked really well yesterday. So, is there any reason to bring Konza out of the midfield and then drop Forster Kasky? You'd be mad to drop Forster Kasky. Yeah, yesterday, I think that'd be mad. The only thing I can think is if he if he keeps Konza in, in centre back mm. and, and maybe then, maybe gives Bauer a week week to rest out, maybe and put George in again. Yeah, so that's, might do that. that's the option. Yeah, after his mistake, but then he scored a goal. Then he did score. Yeah, it's, 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 tough, one, it's it? one of those ones where it's, you're starting to get the nicer headaches, where you've got players coming back mm. from injury and players who are starting to perform well, and, and the likes of Forster Kasky. Must be undroppable after. I mean, Carl, Carl told us not to get too high on him yesterday, but he, he put in two lovely assists yesterday. So Yeah, I think you, you, there's not... A, when you think, like, those moments don't come along very often and, and just the fact that you've got a player that's young, enthusiastic, ta- clearly talented, he's got the pace and everything, of course we're going to get excited about it. Of course we're going to start... Because we've lost Addy, who was mm. effectively... Not a similar player, but just just sort of gives you those feelings of excitement and stuff. And so, 
yeah, as soon as you see those little sparks, you do, you do get carried away, mm. and and I hope it carries on. Mark says Robinson says he won't pay over the odds if you read between the lines. That means he has no money to spend, and he's just project, protecting the regime. And I mean that is the question. I am sort of saying. It is, it is up to Roland mm. if he wants to stick or twist and if, it, if you have to pay over the odds maybe if you just pay a normal amount of money maybe it's up to, it is up to him end of the day like Robinson saying he's green lighted it and don't forget I mean if that is the case that there is no money but Robinson saying there is if, if, if it's not over the odds that could be Robinson trying to protect the regime and you can understand as a manager why he wants to do that because it's his job it's his club he needs positivity I'm sure Russell tried to do it as well as fans obviously we'd be more upset about that because we want the money to be spent because we want to get promoted mm. that's the way it goes um there was a tweet here from uh, SE Red says uh, KR bangs on about the young players but we all know they won't be here long enough to be part of our squad and that, but that is the worry because we've seen it unfortunately uh, a, a few times the likes of you know, Gomez wasn't here for that long overall uh, we've, we've let go of Addy when I oh, know big clubs come calling with a fair bit of money but but we've this is the thing I get really irritated about we've always been that way it's not like some new thing that's happened that we sell our young players through type John Joe, Cole Jenkinson, it's, we've always Scott Parker, we've always sold our young players. But it's debatable as, as for how long you see them in the first team before they then move on. Yeah, but I, th- I think if if when we if we'd been in a different situation, when you think all oh, the Premier League years were the years that we weren't bringing young players through because we were just buying. All the other years we've been bringing our young players through and playing in the first team. We weren't a club that's ever had enough money to be able to buy in. We've always relied on those young players. And then to sell them, to get in the players that you want to get in. It's, this is not a new thing. This is not a new thing. So why now is it an issue? Mm, okay, I know it, people disagree with me. Yeah. But that's, that's my... I, I'm sad when they go. I'd mm. love to see them stick with us and get us up to the championship and possibly into the Prem. But we've got to be realistic if a big club comes in for one of them young players their, ter- their head is going to be turned they won't want to be here anymore mm. and then you've got a player on your hands that is in two minds whether they want to be here or not mm. and I guess the, the other reason why I think it might become a bigger deal now is because then the question goes what happens to that money because mm. obviously people don't that a, side a, of a it lot, I get a lot of fans don't and trust the, the negotiation side of it when you look at we're saying the players don't get a chance to, to stick in the side and make a statement. The one that did was Jordan Cousins, who was in the first team picture for a few years. He goes for a million pounds, allegedly. It's something so, right here, weren't much. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that, that's I think is a is a frustration. You don't you don't if these players are going to go, you're not going to stand in their way. But it can't be on the cheap. And I, the Jordan Cousins one stands out as the most ridiculous deal we've ever done with a youngster because he was fantastic. Yeah, he was a decent player. I, I did hear something about the, with the Jordan. There wasn't actually that many people in for Jordan, which was what we sort of dictated the price, which I found quite interesting. But he wanted to leave. Yeah. He got relegated. He wanted to go. Yeah. So but, you're going to take. You don't want a player here that doesn't want to be here. So whatever money gets offered, you take it. Especially like I was saying because the, there wasn't other teams in for him. There wasn't going to be a bidding one. That's why it was perhaps a bit lower than mm. than perhaps we were hoping for. Uh, right, on the Belgian 20 going out to Belgium this weekend, apparently in St. Trudent. So I, I asked Mr. Stu to disconfirm what was going on. He said there was a small group who went out to St. Trudent to liaise with the St. Trudent fans and build relationships with them. Uh, there was a big announcement, RE protest to be made this week. This, uh, this, uh, the visit this weekend was a huge success. So not a great deal that's come out of, uh, of this one, but uh, of this uh, protest. But by the sounds we're going to hear from, uh, from those guys during... The week, Gavin Blair says, we've sold players in the past for survival. Now we have a leader with a pot, uh, which he doesn't want to spend. Obviously, Roland is is, is probably the, is the richest owner we've ever had. So there's, mm. there's 
Yeah, it's, it's, there's that question as well. Right. One of the players who's coming uh, and has a small head is uh, <laughs> Jake Forster-Kasky. Now, he, he, he put in two assists yesterday, a, a good free kick that, that Paddy Bauer nodded home, and then a superb run, which he put out left uh, outright to, for Nathan Byrne to, to give us a lead just before half-time. Now, he came and spoke to, to me and Tell after yesterday's game. This is what Forster-Kasky had to say after his Addicts debut and the fantastic win up at Bolton. Jake, as, uh, as debuts go, you must be delighted with that one. Yeah, I mean... Um... You know, it's three points, but it almost felt like more because of obviously the early sending off. Um, he's obviously scored the free kick as well, and then we've come back and shown uh, great character since the Dow walked in here. Um, the boys are so close, and I think that showed today. When the when the sending off happened and they scored directly from the free kick, did you think? I mean, before the actual uh, goal and the sending off, I thought we were we were edging it slightly. Uh, was there a mood in the team? Could you recognise the mood in the team that thinks actually? we can still do this? Um, yeah, you always think that you can still do it because uh, I don't think you become a professional footballer without that um, mentality. But we're all humans and we know when we go down to tennis it's going to be really tough. But, you know, we dug in, all the boys walked in there knackered. But, um, you know, we've all got a smile on their face now. And um, I think one of the lads says five unbeaten. So, uh, you know, let's get on a run and see where we can go. You have to talk us through the goal. Well, first, the, the free kick that picked out Patrick Bauer. Great free kick right on his head. Must have been delighted with that. Yeah, that one I've just uh, put it in an area and luckily uh, he's attacked it well. So uh, And then the next one, obviously, um, I didn't really have much on, so uh, just tried to counter. Um, and uh, Naif, obviously, was running on me on the right side and um, I was able to pick him out. Would it be fair to say after riding the two tackles, which were, which uh, which in itself was fantastic, you, you, you must have been delighted to see Nathan Byrne running up to your right-hand side? Yeah, I was, because I think by that time my legs were uh, a bit tired. Uh, that's my first 90 minutes in a, in a long time so um, you know they were getting a bit tired towards the end of the run but uh, you know after he scored I was delighted Going back to coming to Charlton in the first place uh, have you settled in uh, since the move uh, and delighted to be here? Yeah I mean I, I knew a couple of the players here and obviously the, the manager was a massive reason why I've come here um, I worked under him last year and I think he's uh, an amazing coach and an amazing young manager and um, he's got aspirations to go higher with this club and, and so have I. So hopefully I can help Charlton um, you know, push up the table and um, you know, the ultimate goal is promotion. Well, congratulations on the performance. Uh, be a fan favourite if you keep that up and uh, congratulations on victory. Thank you. Well. Cheers. Do you, do you sort of look at the league table now and still see the playoffs within reach after, after a result like today? Yeah, I mean, everybody in there, we... Um, you know, we don't want to just be mid-table. We want to be up that. Uh, we want to be up there in the top six. Um, you know, all of us players here have uh, got aspirations to play higher, um, and I think that's a good thing. I don't think uh, settling for mid-table is good enough, especially at a big club like Cholton. So, um, you know, we'll we'll do our best to, to win every game we play. When you look around you, the, the squad that, that you've joined, I guess you can see there's, some, there's certainly some talent in there. Yeah, I mean, from day one, uh, my first training session, I was. Um, uh, extremely like impressed with uh, the standard, so um, I know that that's going to raise my game as well, and uh, hopefully I can I can raise theirs. You saw a player who, when you go onto the pitch, you set yourself a, a target for a game like to get an assist today, get a goal today. Um, to be honest, I just I just try to work hard and and do what I can for the team. I mean, today was a tricky one, obviously going down to ten men. I think all the boys had to do sort of one one and a half jobs, and uh, you know everybody today was brilliant. The first time the Charlton fans will get to see you as well, so I guess you'd be happy to, to send them back with, uh, with three points. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not a short trip, so uh, it's brilliant to send the ones that come up um, home with uh, a smile on their face. 
So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. Ray heard Rod, can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Cousins at the top post. Yeah! Let's go, We're a goal yeah! in the 96th minute. Charlton Live. From the home of time, time. this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Carol, a heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton Live. Yes, we were, Carol. (laughs) If you say so, Carol. (laughs) A couple of tweets more. Just on the on the money thing, people saw people re- reiterating Gavin's point really, saying we you know we used to sell because we have no money. We sold all our young players because we didn't have a lot of money. Now we have an owner who's one of the richest men in Europe. I mean that's probably a slight exaggeration on his wealth, but he is a very rich man. Mm. Uh, Charlton Exile said selling used to be a necessity. Now as a policy or a business plan, it's very different. Not the same at all. Right. Uh, don't forget <laughs> on tonight's show we're doing footballers with abnormally sized heads because <laughs> um, <laughs> we're we're finally scraping the barrel. It's got. It's He's got there. We go. We've gone there. <laughs> football with different, footballs, different sized heads, uh, and also um, uh, games we've we've got great results in where we've gone down to you know ten men, nine men, whatever. If we've been depleted for sending offs, injuries, anything like that, we we can remember a great result for now. We've got a few, loads of those have been tweeted doing already. So we'll come to those in a little while. Just after we do, uh, we go for the in, the uh, the emails. Got five emails in here at the moment. Uh, this one is from. Uh, well, uh, Ryan, this one's from Ryan, says, Good evening, gents. Love the show. I moved up to Salford to teach about five years ago. Uh, so it keeps me nicely updated on the on the goings-on back at the Valley. Uh, thanks for that. As you can imagine, I get a lot of stick from the United and City fans for being an addict. My cheekier students write... Um, uh, something chance on my on my whiteboard at the break. Uh, though the lowest point was finding I taught the only Preston North End fan in all of Salford last year. So I imagine we're getting some stick after we lost up there. Uh, one of the only upsides about being in this league is a number of Northern clubs down the road from where I live. And so I get to find myself at the Macron today. This is the first match I've been to with Carl in charge. And I have to say, seeing him in person, his passion really shined through. I enjoyed listening to his pre-match and post-match interviews. So it was great to see this translated on the game day, especially in a game that I think most people have actually written us off from uh, from the first 10 minutes. I certainly did. Uh, even though things clearly didn't go to plan, it was really encouraging to see how Carl was constantly on his players from the sidelines. When he came at the, on at the end to applaud the fans and kiss the badge, I really thought this was, a, this was genuine. I really hope this is someone who's going to be able to turn things around on the pitch. Maybe I'm naive, as I've not been to many matches but I really hope I'm not whether it happens this year or next year I'm glad to have him on board looking forward to hearing more from the Charlton Live team uh, to take me over until the next match I can attend up at Rochdale uh, that's a great email Ryan thanks for that and obviously I'm, we talk about it a lot because I think it comes through a lot when you when you hear from Carl Robinson's passion and, you know, it's something, that's something the fans buy into yeah massively I, I've, I've really liked him since he's come in to be honest he brings a, a whole new side uh, brings loads of positivity. His personality is infectious, and and you can tell he cares. Um, you know, sometimes people say you know he does talk a lot, doesn't he? His interviews, mm. I can imagine, are quite a lot for you. He is a waffler, yeah, yeah. but a good waffler. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's all right. I I really like him, and uh, I'm buying into what he's doing massively. And I feel a lot more positive about Charlton with him around. So yeah. I, I think. Um... When I was just sitting there thinking, giggling to myself, because actually those qualities were the things I hated about him when he was MK Don's yeah. manager. Now he's ours. I'm like, I love it. I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of people be like that. A lot, because a lot of people are saying, oh, 
problems when he comes in. The only, the only thing I, I'd say is, that he, like, thankfully he didn't say it this week. He didn't he didn't dedicate the win to the badge this week. This one, this time he dedicated <laughs> it to the groundsman instead. But Aww. yeah, I mean, but some fans like that sort of stuff, yeah, and, and, and fair enough to him. Uh, what's he like in the? In could you tell the mascots in there? I, I bet he's great with the kids. He's an absolute legend. He's just such a nice bloke, and he's really interested. Sort of, in some ways, a little bit similar to Russell in that he wanted to know the history of the club. No, in terms of... (laughs) (laughs) No, we've never been brought into conversation. (laughs) Um, But just in terms of being interested in the history of the club and understanding what the fans have been through through the times when we had to leave the valley and fighting to get back and stuff like that. He he has got a real genuine interest Mm. in... Obviously, he's a young manager, so he's, I mean, he's the first manager we've had that's younger than me. Yeah, um, that must be chastening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think he's, he's, he, he genuinely wants to know as much as he can about about the club and the history of it, and he, he takes his time to talk to people. I mean, even when we're on the touchline and he's watching the mascots warming up, and he'll come over and have a little chat with the parents yeah. or whatever. He's just a ledge. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, I mean, we saw him when we went, when we went out for our Christmas drinks. Yeah, we well, did, yeah. yeah, you got to got to speak to him for a while. It was, uh, it was good, right? Um, this one's from Alex Hall. He says, "Dear Charlton Live, wow, what an excellent result! I've been really impressed with the grit and determination that Carl Robertson has installed. Even though we don't always play well, the players seem to be trying harder and putting in more effort. I don't think uh, Carl rates Freddie Olverstad." Don't tell Tom. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I won't be yeah. surprised if his loan gets cancelled and gets someone else in on loan. And Joe says, mm. good at this level, but not diverse enough for what we need. Elliot Lee has been heavily linked, uh, but doesn't look like he has much experience. I doubt we'll be see a big money spent, but you don't need to in League One. Jake Forster Cassie looks like an excellent buy and could be the missing ingredient. Do you have any news on Josh McGuinness injury? Uh, he's been out for two weeks, so two to three to go. See, see again, I'm ter- I've got a terrible short-term memory, but someone told me yesterday there's one player that, that we were expecting to be out for slightly longer then he will be, and I don't know if oh, that. If Jason, that is... Jason's only had an operation yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, sorry, I meant slightly shorter than, than we expected. Oh, right. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, if, I don't know if that might Josh. Been Josh, be Josh. Josh, Josh coming back <laughs> ever so Josh. slightly quicker than, than we'd hoped, but I I can't confirm that because I've got a terrible short term memory, so I'm not certain. Uh, Richard Church says uh, subject line humble pie question mark. And it says, hi, well, I've been quite cynical and critical in my comments lately, so I thought it's only fair to offer praise where praise is due. To win 2-1 away from home when a man down for 80 minutes is beyond brilliant. I make that 11 points out of a possible 15, which is a fine return in any league. I've read, I have the recipe and the ingredients of my humble pie all ready to go. Come on, you heads. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, I hope it tastes nice, Richard, because we all want the same thing, and that's for, that's for them, them addicts to be winning as many games as possible. And, you know, it's five, five games spell with one, three, drawn two. We're just hoping that's the start of this incredible run that can match that run that Rochdale put together and or that run that, that Fleetwood or Southend have put together you know fingers crossed eh uh, <laughs> right this one is from Sam Starkles I think that's correct he says very happy with the result yes and even better that there are new signings were involved in both goals it shows that we seem to be bringing in the right sort of players do you think that to get the best out of a player like Tony Watt you need to you need to pair him with someone up top for example when he first came in during the second half of the 2014-15 season he was paired with Better Kaley and I remember it working really well yet Robinson is choosing to play him uh, up top on his own over other players although having said that I heard he played really well yesterday so maybe I'm talking rubbish I'm enjoying our little run of form and uh, we're picking up some solid results but I think Robinson talks too much uh, says love listening to the show on a Sunday keep up the good work cheers for that Sam obviously we've talked about Robinson talking a lot um, 
when Tony Watt first came in, he was paired with Igor Vettikaili as per Sam's email there. We mm. called it Watakaili because it worked so well. It, it worked so well oh, together. Yeah. That's not what Carl likes to play. He likes to play a specific formation that is with one man on top. And whereas against Millwall, I thought Tony was a bit not, not that effective. He had one run maybe. Yesterday, away from home, when you're under pressure, you're looking for someone to relieve pressure and run with the ball and win your free kicks. He was doing that constantly mm. for the hour that he was on. So, whereas at home, perhaps when we're the team that needs to make things tick, it wasn't really working against me. Well, away from home, mm. when you're the, the lesser of the clubs in, in terms of the league table, it worked really well yesterday. So, that's interesting to see whether... I still think Josh McGuinness, when he's ready, will be, will be number one up top for us. But yeah. you know, what, what showed he did have something in some cases to offer in this formation yesterday? I, I think... Um, I think it was the Millwall game. Um, that I, I, I'll be really, really looking forward to seeing Josh and Tony playing a whole game together. Maybe with Josh slightly in front of Tony. Yeah. We're Guinness. <laughs> We're Guinness. You heard it here first. We're Guinness. <laughs> That's, that's going to be a hash, that's a hashtag in the making. That is Ryan Fitzgerald, <laughs> the teacher, the teacher from Salford, just confirmed what there was a start out word in his um, in his thing, and he said that the students sing or write songs about it. And I couldn't work out what it was. The start out word was Millwall, and he said he couldn't he couldn't bring himself to type it out. Uh, he says he's glad to hit the cover such a genuine fella up them addicts. Mark Newby says evening boys and Susie uh, going off topic for a bit. That's unlike you, Mark. But relevant after today's result for Millwall, have any of you seen the interview a paper did with Steve Morrison, uh, this is the South London Press, um, after the Charlton game where he said he decides which of the two centre-halves to target and says he tries to get them sent off, saying after Texas' first card he knew he could get him sent off. So on top of the footage of him raking his studs into Solly, why wouldn't the FA take some action over this bug? I know it sounds like sour grapes, but I'd be surprised uh, it surprised me that he admitted to doing it. Uh, he says Mark very chuffed from yesterday. Now I read this interview. I don't know if mm. you guys read it. Rich did it for the South London Press with with Steve Morrison, and now Morrison came out and again. This this was talked about in the car journey yesterday because I found this interview really interesting, and he basically came out and bragged that you know I, I went out to wind up text. And now I, I see I see people's reaction on Twitter. Charlton fans reacting to that story. I saw a lot of people tweeting, "Oh, he's a he's a scumbag," or this and mm. that. I, I sat there and read read that interview thinking for us because <laughs> I thought if I was a Millwall fan and I saw my, my player who's scoring hatfuls of goals mm. going out and saying I pick on a defender and I, I'm going to make him weaker by mm. winding him up and he does he's winding up he, he chucks an elbow in every now and then but he, most of his winding up yeah. would be a little shove and a little word a bit of verbal yeah. I mean, the thing I, is, Josh it, was doing yeah. it a little bit as well I'd love it if our players do that yeah Josh, Josh has done it a little bit before he, before he went off injured Josh was sort of you could say he was starting to annoy um, the Millwall centre back in that game I can't remember who it was. I don't really pay attention. Tony, don't Craig. like them. Might, yeah, Tony Craig. He was getting in there. He's getting in his ear, and you could see it was starting to get to him actually. Um, and then he went off injured. I, th- I think it happens more than we realise, but Morrison takes it up a level. Uh, me personally, I wouldn't want anyone like that here. I, I think, would. I think it gives you a bad. Um, yeah. I just want because yeah. if they've got the potential to do that against their opponents they must be an absolute nightmare in the dressing room yeah may, maybe there's that but I, I remember I was thinking about this game the other day for some reason do you remember when we played West Ham here and it was a running battle between Parker and Bowie Bowie was playing for them Parker was playing for us we beat them 4-2 but seeing Parker stand up to a player like Bowie who we know mm. could be a little bit <laughs> a little bit spiky <laughs> little seeing, bit. Yeah, seeing, seeing Parker <laughs> stand up to that I know you yeah. think hey, we're all behind Scott we're like hit him well, not, maybe not to that extent we were like go on yeah, wind him up be, get involved, have, yeah. have, a, have a bit of aggravation about your game there's nothing mm. wrong with that in my opinion 
But if you, I think you could be like that if you're going up against someone that's like that. But to just do it, just to be like, oh, I nearly said a swear word then. <laughs> um, it's just, I, I just don't like that side of the game. Yeah. Fair enough. I think I like what it's Horses about. I just, I just don't girl, like Steve so. Morrison. I think any other player, I'd be like, well, maybe. I just don't like Steve Morrison. Yeah, I don't know. I, to be, I, I, this is going to sound terrible. He went up in my, he went up in my estimation after he came out and bragged about winding up to share. <laughs> just, because, just because, just because, I'd, I'd love it if we had players, more players like that. Right, mm. Lewis Wheeler says also. Just wanted to let you know that DR Congo just lost this evening oh. to Ghana in the quarterfinals. Oh. So maybe Botark will be back on the bench for Saturday. Oh yeah, you forget about yeah. him as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fairness though, I don't think he's going to... He's think not... He's, no. Uh, no. Mr. Five Star Skills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, his, his longevity isn't something that Colby that bothered it, about. I think he's, to Leeds. Yeah, I think he's someone that's going to carry on coming off the bench for the last sort of, 10 minutes or so. <laughs> uh, Lewis says, uh, Carl, similar to Russell, what have you put in Sue's coffee? Louis, I think, I, I think that's referring... A slight thing, a tiny, <laughs> tiny yeah. aspect of yeah. him in terms of wanting to know about the club and yeah. the history. and yeah. Rather than tactically, not, it's yeah, clearly very no different. No other similarities yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Maybe gut size? Carl calls himself no. fat. Not even close. Carl's, yeah. Carl's, yeah. Carl's yeah. nowhere near as fat as We were having a discussion on the way, on the way back. On the way back from... On the way back from... From Bolton yesterday. We'd all said, all of us in the car saying, right, we want to get KFC to celebrate on the way home. So we were sat there eating our KFC to celebrate, and then again, Stubbly pointed out, it's, like, it's funny, isn't it? Because when you win, you want to celebrate and have KFC. When you lose, you want to cheer yourself up and have KFC. It's only when you draw that you don't care. And which one <laughs> I thought, it's surprising that Russell Slade's so fat then, because he used to draw a lot of games. <laughs> He's been losing a few lately. Yeah, there we go. Right, uh, have we got any more tweets about that sort of stuff? No. Uh, Pedro Rock does say, the boys are teaching guitar. I've never heard of Charlton or Millwall. Uh, they have heard of Al Sad Rovers. Uh, Xavi plays for Al Sad Rovers, you know. Well, there you go. And oh, Sam, yeah. Sam Stalkers, he says he, he can get on board with the uh, What Guinness uh, <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully that'll be something that we can think about in a little while. We're Guinness. We're Guinness. That's what we're going to confirm. We're Guinness, yeah. We're Guinness, yeah. Right, okay, let's have a quick break and then we're going to come back, talk about memorable games where we've uh, been in deplete, depleted in numbers and, and ended up getting a result. And also, that the whole reason you've all tuned into the show this long, footballers with abnormally sized heads. <laughs> and this is one of them, according to Johnny Jackson, coming up now. It's all going to be swinging to the, into the box. It's a flick off from beginning. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, of grab the equaliser! I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGuinness's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Get out of the way, Stroud, you moron. Charlton Live. Welcome back, Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Ten minutes left to go. We've uh, we've discussed in detail really yesterday's uh, uh, was it a win? Yeah, I've gone. I've only I've only been thinking about it ever since yesterday, so I could do the show today. But yeah, no, we won at Bolton with ten men, and it was excellent, and I enjoyed it. But because we won with ten men, um, I-, I wanted to know what other times have we won when we've uh, we've had depleted numbers because that, that that's always a special extra special result when you mm. get something when you when you when you've got depleted numbers because so, I, I remember. We went down to Bristol Rovers a few years ago in League One under Chrissy Powell. 
We were tuning up and went down to nine men. And like one one of the sending offs was fair. One of them was absolutely ridiculous. I think Samido got sent off the second one. I think that was a bit ridiculous. Mm. Then Powell got sent off from the bench as well. So <laughs> <laughs> so so we we, lo- we lost a lot of uh, personnel that day. Uh, and I remember thinking, oh, if, if we'd got if we'd got if we'd won this game, I would have loved it. But then we ended up conceded twice late on and ended up drawing. Mm. I remember being gutted thinking, I, I wish I'd got to see us win away with nine men, because that'd be so special. Then, next season, <coughs> we did it at Oldham, where we won oh. with nine men. It was a superb day. Uh, so I, was, I, I wanted to, you guys to, to remind me of other games where we've won with nine men, ten men, that sort of thing. Uh, uh, Lisa W said, Plymouth away in April 2008. Nicky Weaver was sent off after three minutes. Uh, yeah. My nine-year-old was so distraught that he, that, uh, he burst into tears. We ended up winning 2-1. Now, I think that was Robbie Elliott's debut for us. Yeah. Uh, I think Le- yeah. that I think it? Leroy Lee has scored the winner. I can't remember who got the other goal, so if anyone remembers that, uh, let us know. Stephen Cole said, hard to look past that 2-2 draw with Swindon in the 2009-10 season. <laughs> we played with nine men for over half the match, and that was excellent. That was so funny. Yeah, uh, said Lewis, is a great result with uh, ten men, our first ever Premier League uh, game at Newcastle after Richard Rufus was sent off and we got a goalless draw and then he remembered also the nine men win at Oldham in 2012 I absolutely absolutely loved that that was so good uh, have you got? Have you guys got anyone before I so scroll through the tweets before I remember some my, my one was Oldham because it was just I think I think I'd gone on my own actually and I I was just in tears at the end of it because it was just was it Danny Ollens and Jan that got sent off? Uh, Scott no, Wagstaff. Scott Wagstaff, Wagstaff got sent off for slipping over. And, and, <laughs> yeah, that was it. And it was it was that it was a uh, kettle. Yeah, Trevor kettle. Tea kettle. Yeah. That was that when we was yeah when we was introduced oh, to the fabulous t- yeah. uh, Trevor yeah. Kettle. Now, this is a great one from Tim Jackson. Now, I'm, I see. I didn't go to this game. I was on holiday in Iron Apple. So I took my mates out to some, some random karaoke bar that also showed football. Uh-huh. I was watching this game. Away at Leighton Orient, one nil up, went down to ten men. They equalised, then Waggy and uh, Solly scored. I think Solly's first ever goal. Yeah, was I remember that. That was, that was wicked. Yeah, Who got sent off? Was, that, was it McCormack? Uh, no, it was no, Christian well, Daly, wasn't it? Christian Daly, that was yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. then they scored. Wait, that one. Yeah, yeah they, they, scored, one. they scored not long after that. Captain Black Addict also pointed out that, that Plymouth away one with 2-1 down, having gone down to 10 men's. He said, yeah, they say think it was Rob Elliott's debut, which I can confirm. Right, yesterday, we were, on the, we were in the car on the way home. We're looking forward to this all show. And uh, chatting away. In fairness, we were just chatting away about something completely different. And then Stubby just pipes up. I think Jake Forster Cassie has a small head. And we're like... I've, we looked at it he does quite he does have quite a small head and I was like what other footballers have strange sized heads so we started having this conversation <laughs> and Igor Vettikali was the first one that came up and because we, we thought of a couple I thought right, I'll put it out on Twitter see, see what um, uh, I'll put it up the flagpole see you salutes you know that sort of thing see, see who's got ideas <laughs> so Mark the Taxi was the first one to point out Igor Vettikali Sue so you seem to be quite enamoured with this game and you had quite a few suggestions oh, I had a right <laughs> laugh from Google I just kept going to, uh, googling big head small head <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I found but I found a strange shaped head too oh yeah really. was, um, Hammer, Hammer Buatza did oh, have yeah. a strange shaped really head really strange shaped head with really tiny ears that's <laughs> um, yeah, sort of like a triangular face doesn't it yeah yeah, really odd. Um, Igor was the obvious one. Um, it was Kevin Nisbay, Sean Bartlett. Um, I'm trying to remember what other ones came out of. Um, well, um, I mean, Sean Newton had a quite a small head. Yeah, he did actually. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> sort of round head. Uh, but no, obviously, once like I say, I put I put it out on Twitter just to see who, who let's, let's just to see who's playing the game, see who wanted to join in. Now, I wasn't expecting this man to join in. 
the skipper Johnny Jackson <laughs> he obviously, obviously uh, read my tweet and he says the biggest head in football prize has to go to Josh McGuinness and he says it defies <laughs> belief so uh, McGuinness just responded with three cry laughy faces he didn't deny it did he I mean, I, mean, no, that, didn't. I mean that's a big meaty head which he's put to good use over the over, over the season heading heading goals as well. well he's a big meaty man he's gonna look silly with a small pay head <laughs> well, I'm glad you ended that with head and not this <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, uh, Lewis, Lewis you tweeted me yesterday this photo of um uh of Alexis smirting so I've just retweeted yeah. now from the from the account I mean uh, he had a really tiny head as well. He did have a tiny head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if the the kit he's wearing is massive as well. <laughs> so like they used to be, weirdly yeah. that old sports kit all used to join him. Oh, Brian Hughes was the other one I tweeted you. Brian Hughes, yeah, he yeah, had a small Hughes. head. Uh, John Stern tweeted me yesterday saying the big Allardyce has got the biggest by far, and we had a couple of tweets in earlier today. Uh, <laughs> uh, for some, someone suggested. Um, uh, Neil Warner Bob Liscombe said that uh, he's, got, he's a, a manager with a big head although brackets he's then put big head without actually having one I think he meant brain yeah with that one <laughs> um, Terry's just tweeted us in a photo <laughs> um, yeah let's he does it, it's, it's the physical size not the ego yeah I don't know but, but well, based on based <laughs> on that sort of line there was, there was a funny tweet in a few moments ago uh, oh I've lost it here oh, where, yeah. uh, from Ro- Roger Trask and he said that um uh, Jake Forster Kasky has a small head, but then he said that's why Carl Robertson didn't want us to speak him up, so he didn't get a big head because that could probably you don't want your head to grow during an interview, do you? That would just be weird. That's like Farouk <laughs> yeah. Assault, isn't it? In uh, <laughs> Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Is anyone ever, ever used to play the game Theme Hospital where people used to come in with deflated heads <laughs> and you have to inflate their heads? No, <laughs> that, that was a good computer game back in the day. I've uh, never even heard of that. Yeah. Right, Pedro Rocks says Julian Lescott. Uh, and Emmanuel Fringpon has the stupidest name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, there, there, there was one that um, someone tweeted me yesterday. That, you forgive me because I haven't got the tweet to hand, but he says uh, the Arsenal player Javinho used to have to pay £20 at a £10 per head buffet just because <laughs> the size of his forehead. Oh, it's, yeah. It's probably, oh. Fair, probably fair as well. Uh, right, a couple of um, uh, 10 men ones. Um, Roger Trask. I mean, th- this is this is one I had written down. It's the, it's the obvious one for any Chump fan to point out. Never ne- was never at the game, but seven six against Huddersfield when we were down to we were da- we were actually down to ten men in that game, which a lot of people forget because we were five one down, came back to to win seven six. We also had ten men because one of our players they didn't have substitutes in those days. One of those yeah. players uh, went off uh, went off injured. Now Tim Jackson's got a good memory here. He says when we beat Sheffield United thanks to Jacko's free kick, that finished uh, ten versus ten. So Evans was sent off for them and Russell. Uh, what was it? Was Russell for us? Is it was Daryl Russell? Daryl Russell, yeah. I think he always, he always got sent off. Dude. He I like Daryl Russell. He was, was, it, was it him who got sent off up at Huddersfield as well? Was that yeah. Ogram Ephraim? Get those two mixed. No, up. it was um, it was Russell as well. Yeah. He was wicked. I liked him. He oh, was funny. You know what? This is like a proper blast from the past. I'm forgetting these players even played for yeah. us. And this is that's in the, when we were good as well. Players, players that we we sort of hope to remember. You're right. I, I forget those sort of players' Darryl names Russell. as well. Daryl Russell. Yeah, there must be plenty of ones who. Um, who, uh, who've played for us that we've forgotten. Uh, right, surprisingly, uh, footballers with massive heads or small heads haven't got as much legs as I was hoping for. Oh. <laughs> we've just might... been coming up with them ourselves. Yeah. John Fortune's got a small head. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think John Fortune was brought up yesterday. I'm trying to find my tweets from yesterday to see if there's any, <laughs> if there's any more that came <laughs> Rod, Rod Fanny had a small head. Rod yeah, Fanny did, had yeah. a really small head. He had a really head. small head. Funny name as well. Uh, Sean <laughs> Bartlett was brought up by Charlton. Oh, I found my tweets now. CharltonLife.com said Sean Bartlett, which is a fair point. You, you tweeted me Brian Hughes and the Hammer Buatso, as you said, see. Uh, and that's about it. But I think I think Johnny Jackson probably wins it because he had the... Uh, oh, just because he's scared. Well, and plus he decided to call out one of his own teammates and he added them as well, which is brave. I remember when I slagged off Jacko for his pace a few years ago and I didn't at him. 
Yeah, yeah, true. yeah. Uh, I that come one. back to bite you on the arse. Yeah, did you? <laughs> 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 right, uh, we've just we're just sort of coming to the end of the show here on Charlton Live. Um, we'll be back on Thursday evening. We're going to look ahead to uh, next Saturday's game with Fleetwood Town. Which is going to be, if we're going to if we're going to mm. make the playoffs, that's a huge game. If if massive, if, massive. if we lose that, write us off. Write us off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're doing so well. Yeah, they are. They are doing so well. Oh, that's going to be. I think that's going to be one of our toughest games this season, actually. Yeah, yeah. but we'll we'll look forward to that. Leroy Elite, they've got the both goals at Plymouth Quintessevo. Uh, Roger Charles said John Robertson had a huge head and, and chin. That was the chin. It wasn't it was the a chin. head. It was the chin. But anyway, we'll end on that. We'll end on John Robertson having a huge head um, and chin. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> this, this has been Charlton Life. Thanks for all your tweets and your emails for joining in this evening on our on uh, what can only be described as my radio breakdown as we talk about footballers with massive heads. Um, uh, <laughs> thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks for coming in, Sue. I hope you enjoyed the show. Good yeah, to see you back here. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, everyone. Excellent stuff. And uh, Lewis Cat as well. Thanks for joining us. No here worries, on Channel Live. Uh, thanks to you guys for your emails and your tweets for listening in. Uh, if you want to listen back to any of our shows, you can do so on Acast or on our website. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you here on Thursday evening as we look ahead to uh, next Saturday's game with Fleetwood Town. See you then. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.